Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Saroy, and after a longer-than-expected hiatus, here we are at Season 2 of this podcast. I I am so thankful to all of you for listening in, for replaying some old episodes, for giving, sending me your feedback on which ones you've really enjoyed. If you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please do so. You can, hear this, you can hear this podcast on Podbean, which is where its home base is as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. So, so thankful. Whatever whatever platform you're listening to this on, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy the show as much as as much as I'm hearing, any sort of, any five-star review on uh, on Apple will go a long way for this show. So, really appreciate you guys taking the time for this. And for season two, this premiere episode, what we're doing is we're basically going back in time a bit to the main reason why this show started up in the first place. Because one of the thing, one of the one major part of my mythology, if you will, as a writer, is that from 2004 to 2012, I was part of a wonderful independent website called 411 Mania. And 411 Mania started out as 411 Wrestling. And being a wrestling fan, I frequented that that uh, site quite a bit between 99 and about uh, 2099 on, really. And then in 2003, the webmasters decided to open it up a little bit more to really kind of uh, change the scope of 411 Wrestling and turn it into a full-on entertainment-based website. And so, in, including the the what they call the wrestling zone, over for over at this new site, four one one Mania, there was the movies and television zone. There was the music zone, the politics zone, sports zone, and video game zone. It, and just it opens things up, open things up in such a great way, and it brought in a slew of other writers in all these other fields. And it turns out that in, by two thousand four. Word was good, words getting around that the site was looking for some more writers in all their specific zones. And so I had an idea for a column, a weekly column, to go into the movies and television zone. And it was going to be called Scene Anatomy 101. And basically what the column was, the hook of it was that I would pick a scene from any movie that I wanted and then show its break down that scene show all the dialogue and everything all the all the different screen directions and then show its significance to the rest of the film and i must have done something right with the scene that i chose which was the scene between magneto and pyro on the x jet in x2 in 2000 from 2003 because i was invited to become a writer on on board with 411 mania and a few months after I joined. 
one of the two webmasters decided he wanted to break away from 411 and start up his own website, his own entertainment website. And what he was going to do was he was going to take all the top names, all the most recognized names from our site with and take them with him to this new site. And word got around very quickly that our site was pretty much left for dead with all the writers that were left. But what it wound up doing was it galvanized all the writers that were left because we all started partic- participating in each other's columns and we were throwing out different suggestions and we were doing roundtable discussions and we were expanding on the different, uh, the different, uh, different types of columns like fact or fiction where two different writers would be going up against each other. And the camaraderie between all of the writers built and built and built. And it really became something special to the point where the alumni of the four, of 411 writers, past and present, really consider themselves a family. And that's, that's definitely, definitely something I can say about these guys. From 2004 to 2012, I was a writer in the movies and television zone, and it was a really wonderful experience being a part of that site. Now, a couple of years ago, while I was talking to the, some fellow writers on Facebook, I started musing around an idea that, uh, that we all know, respect, love each other. And we really need to kind of do some sort of a like a get together in some way, like a virtual get together or maybe like maybe host a podcast or something like where the different alumni can gather together and tell their stories and how 411 Mania really helped them as a writer in general. And all these different guys, like all of a sudden there were about like 30 different people that wanted to be a part of this. And all of a sudden I realized that I may have stumbled onto something here. And that thing that I wound up stumbling onto would go on to be Excelsior Journeys because all these guys are all on their own creative paths to success. And so many of them started at the same place, at 411 Mania. Now, there is a bit of a bittersweet element to this to this particular episode, and that is the fact that uh, that there are going to be you're going to be hearing from myself and 13 other 411 mania writers past and present and there should have been a couple other guys in this conversation but unfortunately both of them are no longer with us larry zonko was a huge huge part of the 411 mania site if it weren't for him keeping the wrestling zone alive during the period when we were looking for some new writers to fill that zone after so many of them had left. I don't know if 411 Mania would still be around. He's somebody who consistently gave selflessly of himself all the way to the end for this website, and it's something that uh, that we are here to celebrate. We've also recently, this past week, lost another writer of ours, Chris Hyatt. And it's Chris, he goes back so many years with 411, and he was one of those voices that attracted so many readers to the site that are still there today. And so this is going to be, from what I predict, a very poignant conversation between all these guys. 
But at the same time, I really think you're going to have a lot of fun. And as we're here to not only celebrate the legacies of both Larry Zonka and Chris Hyatt, but also celebrate our entire run on that website. So we're going to be hearing from Jed Schaefer, Jeremy Thomas, Michael Melkor, Chad Webb, Ben Piper, Ron Gamble, Trevor Snyder, Steve Gustafson, Tony Acero, Will Helm, Ryan Bowman, Sean Lelos, and Stuart Lang. And I am so excited to be talking to all these guys. Some of them I've I've uh, had the pleasure to meet in person, and a couple others I've you know spoken to in various other forms of conversation. But this is going to be such a such a great time, and I'm really really glad that you've like, you've decided to tune in and join us. And we're gonna get into the conversation right after this message. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. We got a great group of guys here. I'm going to do my best to be a really good moderator to introduce everyone, let them have their, their moment to celebrate what they've done for the site, and we'll be able to talk about more of working together on that site and also working with both Larry and Chris. So we're going to start with the gentleman to my right on, on the Zoom page, which is Michael. My name is Michael Melkor. I started 411 probably about the same time, sounds like you did, and about the same time Larry would have. It was actually, it was September of 03. I oh, came wow. on doing the SmackDown recap for them for a bit. And then, yeah, you had mentioned the split where a lot of people had left. From there, I was doing a little more wrestling writing. You brought up the other divisions of 411. I kind of pretty much took over the music section. Like I was the music section editor for, I'd say about a year, year and a half. Like I took that over for a while and worked with Larry quite a bit and have gone on. I was there until probably, I'd say about 2000. 9 2010 have gone on to put together our own wrestling website with another gentleman that you'll be talking to here in a moment as well with us ryan bowman but i also help do digital marketing for ohio valley wrestling obw so i help handle the website i help handle the social media some of the content that goes out over those channels i help with 
I have also recently started helping to do social media with Chikara Pro as well. That's been probably within the last couple of weeks. Some pretty good opportunities I've had to do a lot of things, like the number of shows and concerts I've seen and people I've talked to, whether it's in music or wrestling, is just phenomenal. And every single bit of that came from kind of like you, George, just throwing seeing that they needed somebody there. And I just kind of threw my hat in the ring and was contacted back and said, yeah, we'll have you on board doing SmackDown recap. Does that sound good? I'm like, sure. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. And that's from all everything that I'm doing. And I'm sure a lot of you all are doing now came from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to Michael's right on my screen is Trevor. Trevor, say hi. Hello, this is uh, Trevor Snyder. So I was a, I primarily worked in the movie department of 411 from 2005 till 2013 was my, when I stepped away full time. And then I made a couple of guest appearances in the years since and like the uh, fact or fiction and things like that. But same kind of story. I mean, I, I used to check 411 all the time. I'd go in and out of phases of being into wrestling. And in 2003, early 2000s, I was very into wrestling. So 411 and wrestling was a, a site I was checking a lot. And then even as I fell out of wrestling though, they started to have the other departments and I auditioned, tried out to be a movie writer. I remember my, my audition piece was a review of Sin. And then I came in, my, the first movie review I ever officially did for Formula One was uh, Kung Fu Hustle, I always remember. So in 2006, I took over the Formula One movie section top five. And I ran that till 2012. And that was a, uh, a weekly column where I would come up with a different top five list, anything like top five villains, top five remakes we'd like to see, uh, top five best uh, car chases. And I would give my own top five and then whatever 401 writers that we could contribute would also um, give their top fives. So I did that for many, many years uh, until passing it off to uh, actually Sean, who we'll hear from later. And he can commiserate with me about the difficulties of coming up with a different topic every week. Um, and then the other uh, thing besides just general movie and DVD reviews, my other big gig on 401 for a while was from 2006 till 2009, I did a, a yearly a column called the 411 October Zombiethon, where every October I would review 31 different zombie movies, one for each day. And I stopped that right before The Walking Dead came on and everyone got sick of zombies. So I had just the right timing on that. So I did that for four years. And then oddly enough, it all came full circle on the last review I ever wrote for 411 was uh, for World War Z, I remember. I had to unfortunately step away from 411 because I started grad school at that time. So I kind of stopped, walked away. But thankfully, that's all worked out. And nowadays, I'm actually teaching English at Virginia Tech University. And then I've been keeping busy in like the entertainment sphere with just general podcasting. And nowadays, I co-host a podcast called Days of Future Podcast, which is all about the X-Men. We do we talk about the movies, the comics, the cartoons and everything. Awesome. Awesome. Right underneath uh, Trevor is Ryan Bowman. Well, I, I guess can you guys hear me. I guess I guess we all have similar stories because I I started at 411 right around the same time in 2004 after the big exodus of the group that left and I I actually replaced as the Saturday morning columnist one of their more popular writers and their audience hated me at first I mean <laughs> they they did not accept me much at all it was kind of as you said it, and I love the word it galvanized all of us it was almost like 
hey, we're going to make this thing fly now. And one thing I can say about Larry was that he's the guy that hired me there. He was always willing to pick up the phone and listen when I wanted some advice about some things. And I'm grateful for my time there because if not for them I, I and, and the entire website and Larry, I wouldn't know my best friend in the world right now, which is a guy that I started a website with. He's on here, Michael Melkor. We, we started there in the early 2000s and three years ago, we decided, hey, let's do a website together. And, and now we run a site called thegorillaposition.com. I'm very proud of that, but I'm also very proud of the time that I had as a columnist for 411 because if not for that, I, I don't know. I, I would have never been able to accomplish anything in the wrestling business. That's awesome. That's, that's so awesome. And to, to the, the left of Ryan, I see Sean Lelos. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. I came on, I guess it was quite a bit later than a lot of you who were there in the first turnover, although I remember it. I originally followed a site called Scoops, and then I found 411 Mania when I was looking for Chris Hyatt after that site shut down, and I found him writing for 411, and I've stuck with them ever since for wrestling. At the time, I was writing for a movie site called Chud, and I was doing DVD reviews, which was awesome because they would send me DVDs every month and I would review them. So it'd be like, I didn't get paid, but I got free DVDs. But I wanted to review theater, theatrical movies and I didn't have an, an opportunity to do it there. So I applied at 411 Mania and uh, Chad brought me on. And I got a, my first review was for The Ruins in 2008. And I ended up reviewing... I believe I looked at it a little bit ago and it was around 214 movie reviews I did during that time. And then I just started moving on further. I took over for Trevor for the top five and that was with the 342nd one where I talked about reboots and did it all the way through the 528th episode. So I, I did that from 2012 to 2016 the top five, which he said it's hard to, to come up with ideas. And I came up with, looks like 200 of them. So <laughs> I also did, there used to be columns every week on each of the sites. It was the, uh, the three R's, the rights, the wrong, and the ridiculous. It was movies, it was wrestling, it was music. And we come up with whatever the news was that week that was the good news, the bad news, or the ridiculous news. And I did that for probably three or four years as well. And then Larry gave me a chance to cover Ring of Honor. And I covered that from when they first went national in 2011 on TV. And I covered that from September 2011 all the way until December 2013. So I did a little over two years of covering wrestling on top of the... And then my biggest, what I'm proudest of, is a, is a column called Alternate Takes, which I created myself. It was a comic book slash movie hybrid column where I just went in and, and talked about different movies that had come out, different comics that came out, and would compare them to other other movies, comic books, TV shows in the genre that people should check out if they liked that movie or that comic. And the first one of those was in April of 2008. So they let me have my own column very, very soon after I started writing for the site. And my last column for that came in 2016. So I did that column for eight years. And uh, that last column was on May the 13th of 2016, which the main reason I, I, I stopped writing after that is because two days later, my wife was in a terrible accident. 
So I to step away and she ended up needing four or five months of recovery. And I never did get back into it there because I was also writing for sites. Thanks to 411 and helping me get my start writing online, I'm able to make a living writing online now. Just writing for I write for CBR, Comic Book Resources. I write for Screen Rant. So I'm able to make a living writing. And it started because of really the breaks I got at Chud and then more so at 411 because of all the opportunities I was given throughout the years by Chad, by Ashish, by Larry, by everyone who was working over me that gave me these opportunities that I hadn't had before. That's fantastic, man. It's fantastic. I remember when that, when that uh, car accident happened, I was really, really worried for you guys. And I was, I'm so glad that everything, everything has worked out well for you. Um, oh, I appreciate that. I mean, Larry was, he was um, understanding and he was, he was there. He actually helped out. We had a fundraiser going and Larry helped spread the word and, and Jeremy did. I'm pretty, if I remember right. And we really appreciated all, all the help we got from the, the people at 411 just spreading the word for us too at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. To Sean's left, I see Ron Gamble. Ron, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Everybody here. Nice to see you all. Let's see. I started, I think I'm the old man of the group. I started writing for 411 in 1999. Wow. Long time ago. Yeah. I was there a few years before Larry. I know. I am old. I admit it. Um, <laughs> I started all old. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm the old. Anyway, started writing a column called The World According to Ron, which I just basically talked about me. I talked a little bit about wrestling and then I closed out the column. Later on, I started doing board game reviews in the column. After a couple years, I kind of got bored with that. I started uh, something called The Markup, where I would invite six people to take part in a reality type thing, reality show type thing, where they were not allowed to look at spoilers at all and just give their reviews of Raw and SmackDown, which I think were the only two shows on at that time. Went back to for, uh, World According to Ron, did something called Just Spose, which was uh, your basic what if column. And I stopped writing in 2007, in July. Big reason is, and I talked about this before, I was born, Chris, Chris Benoit was exactly one day older than me. And so when he died, when he, you, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. term you want to use, it hit me really hard. And I had to walk away. It was it 2017? I think I talked to Larry and said, hey, can I come back for a little bit? Because I saw a Ring of Honor match. I think it was 2017. It was an eight-man tag with the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull and somebody else. And the Young Bucks are talking about how their super kicks are great. And we're going to have a super kick party. And they threw 17 of them in the match. And I'm like, no, no, this is wrong. It's a finishing move. So he let me come back for a couple months. And I realized I did not have the passion that I did years ago. So that only lasted a couple of months. Larry, like I said, Larry came in after me and we had a really good relationship. He let me write a column every now and then. Just if I had, he said, if you have something you really need to say, come on, write something, just let me know. And I did that a couple of times. But right now I am, when I started, I was a minister in Northeast Ohio and left for a while for health reasons. And I am back to being a minister, but now I'm in Southeastern West Virginia, which 
which is the home state. Was so that's about that's that's my story. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ron. And um, I also see Stuart. Stuart, how are you, sir? Hello. How you doing? Yeah. So I am definitely the. I don't know the the black sheep of this one. I think I wrote for four one one for probably around four years, starting in two thousand and eight. I decided at one point that I really wanted to write for any website that would have me about mixed martial arts. Uh, so the MMA zone and four one one had not long started and was kind of being led the way by Larry himself and uh, Samuel Caddy as well as like Dustin James, Jeremy Lambert. So I would read these guys and I sent them all emails and stuff saying like, well, how do I get into writing about MMA? And they kind of all replied and said, look, just write something, come up with something fairly original and send it into us. And I came up with the idea of the, the super fight, which was taking two MMA icons who potentially hadn't or wouldn't face off against one another. and wrote what would happen effectively and it went down fairly badly to be totally honest as you can probably imagine with most fandoms they did not not appreciate seeing certain people lose certain people not not get the right results and i tried tournaments i tried all sorts of things and it just kind of wouldn't stick so i eventually ended up doing the five and one the mma five and one which was kind of stolen from the wrestling zone we'll notice a bit of a a pattern and my columns all being stolen columns. But after I kind of, I kind of lost lost love for MMA a little bit. But not before having an international rap battle with uh, Jeremy Lambert, which was good. It was uh, scored and judged by hundred bullets of rap battle fame. So you can watch him on YouTube. You can't see me on YouTube. Uh, so that's probably for the best. But yeah, I ended up writing mainly for the game zone after that. I ended up doing the three R's, the gaming three R's, which I was mentioned earlier on. So I stole that as well, wrote about that for a little bit. And it just kind of just kind of petered out, to be honest. I don't write anymore. I don't um, really feel the buzz for it. I don't really feel strongly enough about anything to do it. However, podcasting is is great fun i will say it's really really good to see so many people that i've known for over 10 years effectively now guys like tony i see on here steve yourself george chad as well like you guys i mean i've known you in some way shape or form now for for over a decade between different cities and kids and all that sort of thing it's it's really good that we can all be here and it's bittersweet terms unfortunately but I'm really happy that we can do this. Yeah, you, you, you wish it was under different circumstances. I mean, this is something that yeah. has been just kind of sitting around in my head for so long that we need to do like some big 411 Mania type of, type of podcast episode to really, really share what this site really means to us. And it sucks that we don't have that, that 15th spot gone here filled because, I mean, Larry would have been perfect, you know, for this. Yeah. I see uh, Jed Schaefer. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, yeah, my name is Jed Schaefer. Uh, I started, I believe it was around the same time that you did, that 2003-2004 that window. I started with a column called Rewriting the Book. It was a fictional narrative what-if column. So I Take a look at the big moments of wrestling, the Montreal Screwjob, the Higher Power, everything from any company, and I would 
tell a narrative story of where I think it might have gone if the event had gone in a different direction. Did that for year and a half, I think. My, my, the column started getting very unwieldy, very large, and it, it just started taking a lot of time. So I needed to, to kind of throttle back and, and reduce my schedule. And it, it, the column ended up going away and then resurfacing at another website and I spent some time on WrestleCrap. Then I ended up coming back to 411 when Matthew Forcina retired the second time around from Ask 411. Just as he was about to retire, he contacted me and said, because I had filled in for him on a couple of vacation editions, and he said that Larry had really liked my writing and wanted to know if I wanted to be the new Ask 411 guy. And I did that for a few months, but we were, uh, some personal things came up and I had to step away from that. So unfortunately my run was rather brief, but Larry was a class act about both bringing me on and understanding why I had to step away. He was very understanding, very, very compassionate and cool and to this day, I, I'm not involved in any websites. I am trying to write a novel. That's about the extent of my activities these days. <laughs> well, I definitely know that 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 activity as well. And yeah, I was I was I was a fan of rewriting the book for, you know, for quite a while. I remember I think it was the what if the Montreal screw job didn't happen? Like that was like one of the first ones, right? That was the very first one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that. I also see uh, longtime friend of mine, Chad Webb. Chad, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Well, it's, it's good to be on here. It's good to see so many faces. I started at the site at about 2005. My kind of introduction to 411 and me joining the site all happened rather quickly. Uh, a friend suggested that I check it out, being a lifelong wrestling fan and a, a movie fanatic at the time. And so I did. And in checking out the movie zone, I decided to apply and Scott Rutherford and uh, Leonard Hayhurst are the ones that hired me. I started out as just reviewing movies and went into doing DVD reviews. Once I found out that you could get free movies, it was like, why wouldn't I do that? But so I started out doing that. And then in, I don't know what the timeline is exactly. And in January of 2008, I took over as the 411 Movie Zone editor from Leonard. Somewhere in there, I started the news report, the big screen bulletin. And it's uh, funny, like Jed had mentioned, I think I also had the problem of like my articles kind of getting really unwieldy and long. So like I, I just kind of kept adding to my articles and eventually it got to be a little bit too much. And so I stopped doing the, the news report there for a while and did another column called Nether Regions, which reviewed out of print movies or rare movies. And over the years, I kind of assumed various columns and duties is people would filter in and out the movie zone round table there for a while we started the 411 movie zone podcast if anybody remembers that relic it was i had a lot of fun over the years made a lot of friends and kind of ended my run there in 2014 i was with the site for nine years just about to the day actually and i was doing ask 411 movies at that time and i think that's where that one ended but i could be wrong but yeah no it was it's it's been a lot of fun, and I, I didn't write for any other site, but I, I still I still check out the site pretty regularly and check out a lot of people's works, including Larry's. So, awesome, awesome, man! Glad to have you here. And I also see the uh, the uh, the gatekeeper for quite a while of uh, of four one one Factor Fiction. I see Ben Piper. I found the website through uh, WrestleCrap, and because uh, I was a huge wrestling fan, and I started reading the the website through that and then I found they were doing movies and TV and what have you 
And uh, Steven Sanchez had his own TV column, I believe it was called the TV News Wrap. And he was asking for people, hey, if anybody has a TV show that would like to write about, send a sampling my way. Maybe I'll include it in the column. And of course, at that time, Lost was the big TV show. And so I sent a sampling in. And he was like, well, this isn't half bad. You should send in your application, see if you can get a regular column. And sure enough, I did. So I did Lost until the end of the show. And from there, I ended up taking over the, as uh, George said, I took over the uh, Factor Fiction. I did that for 10 years. I did my own TV news column called TV Rants and Raves that I took over from Brian Christopowitz. And I also did the year-end movie awards and all kinds of stuff. Basically, anything that they ever had any need of anybody stepping in, I ended up doing that, which I was happy to do. And yeah, I ended up... Having to step away from 4011 in 2017 because I had a brain aneurysm, so I had to take time to recover from that. But I'm doing pretty well now. I'm working on my own uh, pulp action novel with lots of lots of gunfights and tough guys talking tough kind of thing. So that's where I'm. At. Hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're still with us, man. That's uh, that's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Absolutely. Right below you, I see Steve Gustafson. Steve, how are you, sir? There you are. I know. I, I've used Zoom so much. I should know that by now. But I'm rolling, George. Thank you for having all of us. Yeah. I like him better muted. Here. <laughs> uh, for your own podcast here. But so let's see. I'm still there. I've been at 41 Mania 12 years, three months. I was brought on by the great Chad Webb. Before that, I was a big fan of Ransylvania. I think some of you should remember Ransylvania. I did a little writing for them. And then if you remember a social media platform called MySpace, they had a little section where you could actually write and make your own little posts on your, on your board, what have you. And I actually did my own Hollywood 5-1. And what I did is every week I would just do a kind of a Hollywood roundup of rumors, news, things like that for the seven people who'd visit my, uh, visit my page. And when I saw that they were looking at Born Mania for someone to write in TV and movies, I just took that as my sample sent it in, Chad, through the goodness of his heart, was like, hey, let's bring you on. And uh, he was awesome. And through the years, did a lot of fill-ins for people, participated in the whatever they had going on they needed help with. And I'm still there. I'm just kind of like pumping out a couple comic book columns, more TV and movies. So they've kind of just given me my own little yard, and I can kind of do whatever I want as long as I don't stray too far off. I do lots of interviews and things like that. But I've been honored enough to meet a lot of you here. I still say we need to get a get together with everybody, like a big convention or something like that. Or even if you guys are in the DC area, stop by. I'm in Alexandria, Virginia. So my door is always open for anybody who's a place to stay, except for Tony, because I know that guy is a problem in Alexandria. But no, no, uh, but no, anybody, oh, I've gotten to you know, hang out with Chad real fast on a New Year's Eve. I vaguely remember hanging out with Chad and his lovely wife uh, that night. But I went to your birthday party, George, and that was great. Met, met some people there. And um, yep. Yeah, birthday party and book release. That's right. That's right. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm still there because I still love it. I still like writing. I still like hearing uh, people's, reading people's comments. Yes, I do some clickbait stuff. They know I do it. I put more stuff out there to get people to comment and talk about it and maybe have a more back and forth. And I do have people who email me still, who still take the time to email me. And, and then we always have stories like, some of you may not know this, but I'm still looking for Surge. Now, if you don't know who Surge yes. is... <laughs> I used to do a column when I would mention uh, Scarlett Johansson, I would get the same guy posting a comment saying that the actress Scarlett Johansson was a clone. 
and she. By the way, you guys unmute your microphones because I can see you laughing. So let's go, go and ahead so, and, and he would go he ahead would and email. go ahead and join in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would email me and say, "Listen, she is a clone. The government is like. I mean, we're not talking just a little paragraph. We're talking like two, three pages worth of stuff." And I was like, "Hey, man, I believe you." <laughs> and then he'd go away. And so what I'd do is I'd purposely put Scarlett Johansson. I'd make up something, and be like, "Today, Scarlett Johansson was wearing a red shirt," in just like a one sentence. And she <laughs> She is a clone. She is a clone. The same thing. I did the same thing sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But I would never engage him. I would never engage him, though. I'm shocked that you did that. That's that's uh, fantastic. I wanted more, but hey, but yeah. And so that is a whole new definition of clickbait. I love it. <laughs> it was so odd. I think the, the real question is why didn't we ever ask him to write a Scarlett Johansson column for this site? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something. What, what, what is the craziest email you got in the time that you wrote it, 411? Because I got some doozies. Again, when I first got started, yep. the, the pen Ryan, is definitely, mild. Ryan, it, definitely hold I, up. I got Ryan, the first, the first hold wave on. of emails were crazy. Ryan, hold, on, hold off on that question because I definitely want to want to get that because I know everyone's going to have some great, some great responses. But I just yeah. want to uh, wrap up the intros. I got a few more here. Yes. Okay. This is awesome, though. I, I just want to say real quickly, we got, including myself, we got a total of 14 different writers from past and present of 411 Mania right here on one screen. I hope one of you is able to screenshot this. And if you do, send it over to me because I definitely want to on social yeah. media. That would be really cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. And speaking of Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Thomas uh, took over for, was, uh, was a big part in getting me through the second wave of 411 Mania that I had in 2012, right after 2011, right around the time that I had, that I was wrapped, that I had already wrapped up my second column, which I'll get to later. The webmaster, Ashish, had, had invited me to be part of these news writers, and which basically just like doing different shifts to create a, con a constant flow of material for like a certain amount of hours. And I wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the kind of pro productivity that I had if it weren't for Jeremy Thomas. Jeremy, say a few things about yourself, sir. Oh God, okay. So <laughs> I'm Jeremy Thomas. I, I started one week before Sean. I remember very specific. So I was a reader of 411 for since probably 99, 2000, somewhere Ooh. like there. I remember <laughs> the first, the first thing, the first, phone one was the, was the first place that I ever sent an email to a writer for, and it was as it would have it, Chris Hyatt, because of something that he had written. Ooh. Anybody who knows Hyatt <clears throat> stuff knows that he wrote what would be, uh, euphemistically called edgy from time to time <laughs> and That's he fair. wrote something about jeff hardy that would be would would very much his style that would not fly today and it 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 offended me enough that i wrote in to 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 complain to him about it and the response I got was exactly what you would expect from him. But I, I, was, I was a reader for a long time. And then in, in March of 2008, sent in on a lark, or I, th I, I think there was actually a high, one of the one of his hiring emails or posts on the site. And 
sent in a review I had done of Into the Wild on my own WordPress site. And and Chad and Ashish made the tragic mistake of, of saying, okay, you can write. <laughs> my, my, my first review was a terrible film that I honestly cannot remember the name of at this point. It had Ryan Philippe in it. My second review was The Ruins, which I posted at the same time as Sean. <laughs> uh, and they both went live at the same time. And then I went on to, I did, I eventually went from, from just doing reviews to doing the Hush Hush News Report in Movie Zone for a long period of time. The podcast with, with George and Chad and Will and went on from there. Tony, yes, absolutely. And yep, yeah. and Leonard. And I, 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 I eventually did some fill-in stuff for, I think, one of the R's in, in wrestling. I think I did, I think I was doing TNA for the R's and that's, that's the whole thing. Eventually sort of expanded from there, came on to do news posting in 2010, I think, and eventually went up from there. And when, when Larry was running, essentially had primary responsibility over music and movies and and games but when larry had to step back essentially took over over wrestling and, and mma and i'm now more or less the head editor of the site and yeah i i've i just never stopped writing apparently and have been there for for 12 years now worked with larry obviously a uh, a whole lot he would work he would do morning news posting and stuff i had with jeffrey and, and joseph were in the mix chad was for for a while chris lansdell did some uh a couple other people throughout the years and then i would be i would be i always referred to myself as when people familiar with the site asked what we do i referred to myself as the evening larry and yeah i've still been doing i was doing it last night and then Today's my day off. Awesome, awesome, man. Thanks. And um, one of the one of the fun things about four one one is uh, you got to you got to have like these little partnerships with with different guys who wrote similar columns to you on like different days. So every like a lot a lot of guys were looking at the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday slots of four the four one one movie zone as real like very very tight tightly knit, and which we were. We had. Uh, we had Ask 411 with Leonard Hayhurst on on Mondays. Shout out to Leonard, by the way. He couldn't be here, but he sends his best. I would I would do Tuesdays with Scene Anatomy 101. And then Wednesdays would be our next gentleman who's introducing himself, Mr. Will Helm. The, that's what, what we knew him as, the writer of Misunderstood Masterpieces. I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, everybody. You are listening to the 401 Podcast Network. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, George and uh, Jeremy and Chad definitely un understand that joke back when I thought I was the voice of 411, but alas, no. So I started writing Misunderstood Masterpieces in 2010, I think. I know it was right after the expansion from 411 Wrestling to 411 Mania. So if that's 2010, no. Uh, that was three. No, two, that was 2003. No, that's three. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I stopped in 2010. Because you, you were going, yeah, you were going, you were going pretty, yeah. you, you, you were going wow. at a really good pace when I had started. It was yes. like, that was one of the, that was one of the columns that I always looked at. 
Yeah, thank, thank you, George. It, yeah, it was 2003. Thank you. And so, yeah, I kept up, started with a very short column on Commando, the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle we all know and love. And throughout the years, I just kept plugging on and plugging on. I think I got up to over 300 columns when all was said and done in 2010, and each got progressively longer and longer as I developed my voice and just kept, kept on going. And eventually, unfortunately, outside things, I had to kind of step away from the site on a full-time basis just because I got a new job in 2010. So I had to, so that kind of wrecked my writing time. And I really, like I would step in since then for movies own factor fictions. I also want to give a shout out to my very short-lived cocktail column on 411 Black. I don't remember when I started, but yet I remember 411 Black. What is wrong with my brain? And so I, since I was prob primarily movie zone, other than I think two comedy concert reviews for music, I didn't cross over with Larry very much on a writing basis, but on a fan of the site basis, I would, and just here and there, you know, I would read his stuff and listen to his podcast way, way, way back in the day. And we would always, I used to work very late on Sunday nights. So I would look forward to his podcast, the reviews of the night's pay-per-views. And uh, so I would listen to that while I'm sitting at work until three in the morning. And then I would even to this, to not, not too long ago, when I would work late on Sunday and Saturday nights, I would fire up the latest NXT takeover review and see whether it was worth watching once I got home. And usually it was, and that's thanks to Larry. So that having that that will be having that gone is is rough. Yeah, yeah. You know. And oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I just figured throw out a random conjunction once in a while. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> now the the last gentleman I'm introducing here is someone who if um. If he didn't say what he said at our in our memorial column for Larry, this might have been put off a little bit longer. But because Tony Acero said what he said, which is not to put anything off. If you have something, if you have a passion, go for it right now. Here we are. And here is season two of Excelsior Journeys. So a huge thanks to Tony for saying what he did. But Tony, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I actually got that off of a Cracker Jack box. So <laughs> <laughs> looking at the screen, I don't, I don't know any of you. I don't even, I'm kidding. I love all of you. <laughs> We're given our resume. I just, I remember reading it and I, I said to myself, find the worst writer on the site and latch yourself to him and just be better. And I found Steve. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it became this um, symbiotic relationship where he knew that I wouldn't shut up so he allowed me to write as much as possible and my my end game was to get into the wrestling section which was at a lockdown at the time Larry had me cover NXT season three and I think knowing Larry and looking back that was definitely a jab that was not a privilege that was him being a dick so <laughs> it got me in and since then I've, I've been I've been there a very long time I I'm pretty sure I have the most 
red column on the site, but it has zero to do with my talent and everything to do with the fact that it's Monday Night Raw. But I've utilized that to create my own voice. And 411 is the catalyst for, I'm pretty sure George will say the same thing, for us doing our own writing projects outside of the site. It boosted bolstered confidence, it gave you a voice, it allowed you to experiment. I believe I had the only hip-hop column at one time. I've spoken to each one of you guys on different occasions for different things. And it just, the, the site, from the, from the outside point of view, it's one of those things where you don't realize how big of a deal what you're doing is while you're doing it. But if you pause for a second, and you look at the site as a pop culture phenomenon, then you realize you're touching a lot of people's lives on a daily basis. And although most of them are dipshits with a fake screen name, they're still human. I've been to many wrestling shows where they're quoting our names, like such and such said this last night, or did you hear that this guy's saying this? And since I don't want them to know that I write for the site because we're like toxic, apparently, I just keep my mouth shut. But it's just really, that's how much we're touching everyone. Uh, from this site and I think that you multiply that and compound it by like a thousand for Larry. Larry's columns were comfort food. That was like an immediate go-to. You didn't even do it on purpose. It just was your body just gravitated towards it. I remember writing, if you guys have read my raw report, it is almost move for move. These fingers hurt after three hours. Yep. You have yes, to properly time, you have to properly time when to take a shit. Like you can't eat a snack. <laughs> bust my ass for three hours i put in all my thoughts and i post it and larry's column is like solid match could have done better hate this <laughs> and he's got like a thousand comments and i have two you suck tony get a new raw writer <laughs> <laughs> all right man no but i that's... found the proper time to take a shit during raw is about 801 as <laughs> of late yeah yeah i mean make I, it last three hours you're good yeah i was close my guess would have been about 759 maybe but it's, still really, um, it's, like a, it's like a laxative when you watch it you're just you're ready to go well, Tony, I, if i could i'm gonna stop you there a moment and rewind a little bit you talked about having the biggest readership just because of what you write about not necessarily. Even when I left 411, I I followed, if there was anything I wanted to know about a show that I didn't get to see, I would find Larry's review and I would of course read it because it told me everything I need to know. His views were pretty much as far as how I felt in wrestling in line with mine. The only one I did not do that with was Raw. And that's because I read yours instead. Because one, I stopped watching the show, so I figured I had to keep up with it somehow. And you're, you're just flat out entertaining as all hell in what you do. And so since I had the opportunity to tell you that, I wanted to take the opportunity to tell you that, that I enjoy what you do and keep on getting on. And I want to give Tony a shout out really quick, because obviously when, when, when Larry passed, we were, we, that, that week was just a freaking blur. And that was Tuesday, and I remember I had to I had to to email Ashish with with the, the the be the be the person who's like okay we need to figure out this is there this isn't the time for it but we need to figure out live coverage for the rest of the week, and he was like you know yeah okay let we'll, we'll let's see and Tony has stepped up hugely in terms of 
just picking up like I, I I'd message him thinking maybe he can take like Smackdown or, or or Dynamite and and that'll be one and then I can look and he was like I'll do this I'll do this I'll do this I'll do this and it's yeah. been yeah it's, it's been to enormous that, to that point he's also the reason I know what goes on on Smackdown because I'm sorry I'm not touching that pole with a, I'm not touching that show with a 20 foot pole in a hazmat suit so I'm glad he started recapping that too so now and I he's can been, enjoy reading what goes on there also he's been a huge help in terms of I'm now the 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 impact live coverage guy which is weird because I haven't watched that show in forever and at some point it became good like I'm I I I'm stunned by that fact but yes it's a good show but 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 when I literally outside of doing an MMA column the only thing I had never done on the site before before last month was live coverage and so I had to, I, I, I went through the first one, I panicked my way through the first one. And then the link to Tony's like, T tell me feedback. I need feedback on that. And he's been a big help as far as that goes too. Yeah. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Just, just real quick, I want to throw out my uh, Larry stories. Because Larry and I, we were, at different, we were at different zones. He was the main guy with the wrestling zone. When the mass exodus happened very early in my tenure, Larry pretty much like just kept that wrestling zone going just practically all on his own as we were getting, uh, we we're getting new, new voices coming on board. And so I just kind of like, I, I was obviously letting him I, I wasn't going to interfere in, in any way. Like he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm a new writer here. I'm working on Scene Anatomy 101. And after a while, I started to get into a really good rhythm. The one thing that uh, Tony did, didn't mention, all the things that 411 Mania also gave us, which is a wonderful thing, that that allowed us to basically like really stick to every, to, to getting our, our work out on the designated day. And without those deadlines, like I would probably have done like maybe half the work that I did. But in, I want to say around early 2007, that was when I got the, I got the, the email from Ashish saying he and Larry would like to offer me the Thursday movie, movie news slot. And that to me really meant the world because when you're getting that sort of, that sort of attention from Larry to the point where he's like, he's, He's contributing to to the basically like to getting you a, a second column. That's pretty. That's pretty incredible. That's a that was a really really good feeling. It was a huge boost of confidence for me. It definitely assured me that I kind of knew what I was doing with this site with uh, with my writing. And she said you can set it up any way you want, just as so long as you you know stick to your stick to your deadlines. Then, then yeah, you can set it up whatever kind of format you want. So I did the UBS Evening News, which was a spinoff of Network, one of my favorite films. So I, got to, so I got to have fun with all of the different categories. And then the last part of it, I did the Mad Prophet of the Airwaves, which was me just ranting on whatever was on my mind that week. And so that was really my extent of, of, of working with Larry, the fact that, that, that he played a part in getting me that extra, that, that additional column. I'll never forget that. I would like to throw this out to you guys. Like, because one of the things that they always call in WWE, they always refer to The Undertaker as the constant. Like, is he's the one that if he's, if, if he's calm, then everyone else should be calm. 
And it seemed like, even though this may seem morbid considering he's no longer with us, but like Larry definitely kind of fit that role of The Undertaker in my eyes. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, 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 there's, there's pretty much no question about it. Like Larry <laughs> was 411. Like all, especially she, she's a side owner and, and, and it's just fun. Anybody thought of 411 Mania, they thought of Larry Zonka. And all you need to do this to, to realize that is look at the people who reacted online when, when when news hit it it was it was pretty much everybody and by everybody I, I mean readers former readers impact evolve ethan page kevin owens so on and so forth the wrestling observer everybody like there were i we we did we did a a a, a tribute thing like really shortly after that jeremy lambert put together and ethan, uh, ethan who was uh, Sean, Sean Rossap of Fightful had been on it and said that people that he knew in WWE said that they they would you use Larry's stuff for feedback on on like what they were doing right and doing wrong and he was I mean I don't know how it was phys- like he was the workhorse I don't know how it was physically possible in terms of like time in the day he would cover literally every show that took place independent show during wrestlemania weekends every single one wow which i don't know how again i don't know how space-time continuum works that you can watch that much stuff and review that much stuff he like all hours of the night uh day didn't matter he'd cover it and he was he was there haunts like 16 years so yeah yeah absolutely uh, Stuart, you want to say uh just f- a few words real quick about larry i understand you need to need to make an early exit yeah so you say it's an early exit it's actually it's 11 11 10 p.m where i am so yeah i'm i'm going to try and get my my kid to bed but uh, yeah I, I just wanted to sort of jump jump back on and say a few little bits i mean larry was um Larry was one of the, the last people to welcome me to the site after starting. It was actually, I think it was Jeremy who had sort of sent an email saying, we're going to get you on, but it's going to be in the MMA zone and that's nothing to do with me, but someone will be in touch. And then, yeah, I think once once I spoke to Larry, it was probably another six months before I spoke to him again. And it was actually as part of um, a podcast. It was the the 411 UK Ground and Pound MMA podcast. Sorry, my kids just put part of an Xbox controller in his mouth. Stop that. Sorry. Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah, that was awkward. Um, Anyway, I'll move that out of the way. So, yeah, it was actually his his eldest daughter would prank call the show from and ask us how the Frenchies were doing. So that was that was probably the, the sort of real sort of icebreaker in our relationship. But, I mean, there, there was a lot of things that I was nervous about doing because I'm not a writer. I had no experience in writing. I didn't know what I was doing other than adhering to my deadlines. And I was, I was always nervous about getting clicks and getting comments. And without Larry's encouragement, the internet would have never had such things as the Fifty Shades of Grey main art, 
or the MMA Virgin, where I got someone who didn't have any knowledge of MMA to watch classic fights, and I'd run them past him, and he just said, "Look, people are people are reading, so you go with it." And it made me feel good about it, having no no experience, no confidence, and no real no real understanding of how this sort of thing worked, other than having read four one one for years and sort of looking at the writers on there as as like minor celebrities almost. So. It was really, it was really a big deal for me to be able to write for four one one, and obviously, like I said in my intro, meet a lot of you guys, and it's it's sad that we're coming together like this. But I think if it leads to us doing it a lot more often, then that, that that's not the worst thing in the world. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I I will go with that. But it's been great seeing you guys, and been great being on. Thank you, George, for organising this. Really. Good on you for this, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully, absolutely. thank see, you. Sorry, my kids running daft around me. Um, hopefully, be, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine man. <laughs> hopefully, we can find. All right, Stuart, you get you to, get the a re- re- reason to to shoehorn me into an Excelsior journey in the future, even if it's the fact that I may have to, uh, yeah, deal with this <laughs> at the moment. All right, you're on. Thanks, guys. And you got it, you. man. Okay. You take care. Cheers. Cool. Turn. Bye. Tony, you said you had a few thoughts as well regarding regarding Larry. Tony, you're on mute, man. Good. I just cussed you guys out. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that little human thing in the background of Stuart? Man, glad I never got one of those. Kind of like a troll in a dungeon, huh? My little human's 27, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very first email that he told me, I think I, I remember it vaguely, was basically that, you know, my writing was crap and I couldn't do it, but I start on Wednesday. And then the very last thing was, okay, I've ran out of all the superstars. When do you want to be on the podcast? So the relationship that him and I had was exactly that. The dude was great. He, uh, You speak about deadlines and, and the motivation. The thing about Larry, it was never a stringent deadline. It was just like, Larry's a cool guy. If I don't give it to him by this deadline, I'm the dick. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. A lot of other people are like, bro, where are you at? It's four o'clock. Where's my shit? What are you doing? Why are you waiting? And then you were like in trouble. With Larry, it was like, I guess I'll find a last minute replacement. And it just like was a dagger. And you're like, shit. All right. Can't do that again. Yeah. So that reaches far and beyond. I Just after hearing what you guys have been doing after 411, there's a lot of creativity in this metaphorical room. And with that comes the necessity for self-motivation and deadlines and this like constant push. And I think before we were able to fully develop that push, Larry was there to do it for us. So it's like this everlasting feeling that I'm gonna have between, I mean, George is another person who just like, every time I'm half-assing my, struggling my way through mm-hmm. writing something, I, still, I see him doing yet another chapter of another Excelsior book. Like, I'm like, fuck, I should really get to that book that's been chilling there for a minute and I think at all different levels we have all had that particular struggle and 411 both as an entity and Larry as a person I think allowed us all to be where we're at right now so I want to reiterate what I said in the statement all of us whatever level if we each have a project we're working on and we're at like 20 or 30 percent I mean chances are we've been at 20 or 30 for a while and nothing has pushed us because we don't have those deadlines anymore. Nobody's telling us to get it done. 
No one is saying, where's your next book at? Because people who ask that don't really care. A majority of the audience you're trying to reach, you haven't even reached yet. So just, I mean, if I can carry over that feeling of legitimacy, accountability, and just consistency, then I would love to do that for him, both on the site and in life. That's why I'm doing, um, the, I'm recapping Jeff Hardy redemption story part 700 i would love to do this again a lot of fun i would probably i think it's required that at least one brown person be in a mix of all this white <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> agreed no that's fair that's absolutely fair <laughs> no i love you all i really really appreciate it this was a lot of fun i wish i could stay longer but i have a restaurant to run that's also fun during a 60% occupancy requirement. I hope you guys are all safe. I hope your kids are safe and keep doing whatever it is you're doing. Unless it's weird, then like in the mirror. <laughs> Bye, Steve. Tony, Tony, I do want to say my favorite drinking game is after you do the raw report, you are doing the raw report, is like taking a shot every time somebody says, I miss Larry in the comment section after reading what you wrote. I'm like, by the fourth one, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to bed. You must still be drunk. Safe <laughs> <laughs> out there, Mr. Tony. I gave them green text. What more do they want? That's right. I like, you know what? You did a great job. No, you're doing a great job, man. <laughs> nah, you, you got, I feel so bad for Jeremy, by the way, because he gets all the slack that I don't. Every provocative photo of my girlfriend, every blue link that goes to a new picture. I mean, I have been a little shit for years. And I'm <laughs> only imagine Ash is like, Jeremy, can you please tell Tony to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And poor Jeremy's like, fuck. <laughs> fine, I'll be the bad guy. No, yeah, it's, it's fine. <clears throat> yeah. They're still in there uh, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. I, You know, I, I've seen it, I'm like, eh, it's fine. She isn't complaining about it. I don't care. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. All right. All right take care. Fun. Take care, hey. Tony. Love you, brother. Bye. Love you. Oh, oh, he, man, manages the, he, he manages the macaroni grill, so he's yeah. doing really well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I just made that up. <laughs> the macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> now, who, el um, who, who else has really had some, like, some experience working with Larry? Because I know like, some of you guys we haven't heard much from. But by all means, feel free to unmute the microphone. Feel free to chime in, you know, like whatever whatever your thoughts are, because this is, this is not only a time to, you know, to celebrate the, the time that we've had at the site, but also to celebrate him and also celebrate Chris, um, Chris Hyatt. So like whatever, whatever kind of stories you guys want to tell, by all means, please feel free to, feel free to jump in. I'll go, I'll go quickly here. But so you were saying earlier, George, that like Larry and I kind of, we were in different zones. So I, I didn't, talk with him, at least when I first started, I didn't really talk with him a lot, but I certainly always checked out what he was writing. It wasn't until I became the movie zone editor that I really started to talk with him on a more regular basis. I would develop friendships over the years with some of the guys in the, in the movie zone. With Larry, it was always more of a, he would help me out with stuff behind the scenes. And I, as much as he was a workhorse, that people saw his articles, what he did, at least for me behind the scenes, was, was really valuable to me in terms of like learning HTML stuff, how to kind of spruce up articles. I remember when we first started doing the podcast, learning, getting to know Skype and stuff at that time and making sure all that kind of stuff worked. Like that was, I, I went to him for a lot of that stuff. And so 
all the stuff that he did for the site that people didn't see, really, he deserves so much credit for that. And that's, that's pretty much my workings with Larry. He was always there when, if I wanted to contact him about something, if, if I had a random wrestling question, I was always, I would, I would ask him more often. I don't think I did too much in the wrestling zone. I might've did a fact or fiction once or twice, but, but yeah, he, he was, he was always there if you needed a question answered and uh, very reliable, always a good guy, always straightforward and he's missed for sure. Absolutely. And just a quick, just a quick bit of levity real quick before I, I hand, hand the mic over to, to Michael here. Jeremy, you were mentioning the, uh, you mentioned the tribute column that, uh, that we had all, that we had put together, right? The one that we had all sent in and stuff. Who was the, just curious, who was the editor on, on that? Because my last name is spelled S-I-R-O-I-S. And I saw like my, le- my last name looked like it had 13 letters in it for whoever whoever did that just that throwing was, that out there <laughs> i am going to put I, I i'm gonna put that where it belongs and that was that was entirely a sheet i, I say that as a joke but legit it was him I, he, he organized and and i'm doing that to his credit because he was a person who was immediately like we need to put this together contact one of the one of the first things is that that day i i i woke up and like Little when I woke up, I did the first thing I always do, which is check my phone. And the first email I saw had been like from from two hours before, because I'm a night owl and I sleep until like noon Pacific time. But the first mm. thing I'd seen was that email, and like the next thing after it was reach out to everybody that you can, see if we can we can we can get a tribute column put together. Yes, and, so, and, and it really and, was. It really was a great yeah. column, and I, and I was so glad to see so many so so many names that I re- remembered from those days yeah. uh, participating. And a big shout out to Ashish, by the way, because really, Ashish, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be here. So, yeah. mm-hmm. then, like, thank you, thank you, boss, for for giving Your us story. all this this kind of these kinds of opportunities. Michael, you had uh, you had a few things to say. Jeremy, I had. Go on, Ron. Oh, I was going to say that I would not have been surprised if you had said Larry put together his own column. Right? So, yeah. Right. That, would, <laughs> that would be the expectation because, yeah. like, if anybody was going to put put a column together about, in tribute to their own, it would be him because he would be working that hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of where I was going to lead into it. So I'm kind of glad I did let you go. Like I said, I started with them about the same time and just kind of writing. And then I went on and kind of done some of my own thing. And I'd seen Larry's name just all over. I kept up with him. I chat with him once in a while. He was, you know, it was fun to talk to online about wrestling. I would just poke and prod him once in a while and get a, you, you shut your whore mouth or you take that back on Twitter like here and there, which I thought was a lot of fun. But when I saw along with here, he was writing and then I'm seeing, I'm noticing him despite the fact that I'm not there, he's doing a lot more. And I'm like, I wonder if he's kind of co like kind of co webmaster at 411. Has he taken that? Or I never really asked him. I just kind of thought that, that was how things were working. And then I just thought, if he has, it makes sense. Because I don't think there's a soul that busts his ass there like he did. I couldn't think of, I mean, all due respect to every one of you gentlemen. But I don't know if anybody busted their ass there like he did. I know I didn't. 
for God's sakes. He was just, I mean, he was, he was a workhorse. And like I said, he was also, when I told Tony about being able to go on and see if there's anything about any wrestling show that I hadn't seen, but wanted to check out later, his views where I was going because it was dependable. It was solid. Everything I need to know, whether that show was awful or whether it wasn't, I mean, I could go to his review and boom, I would know every bit of it. The fact that people in WWE were taking his columns at feedback is both impressive and honestly not surprising. I mean, I don't, being in, like I said, being now working at places like OVW, being behind the scenes at some of these and seeing what goes on and what goes into this, it's, I ain't throwing anybody under a bus, certainly not anybody here, but you hear and see people online that talk like they know wrestling. And it's like, now I see him and I'm like, you might want to rethink that. But Larry knew what, I mean, he knew, he knew what he was talking about, up one side and down the other. So yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it's great to hear that. But like I said, at the same time, it kind of doesn't surprise me. So Before I had to take my leave, because there's things I have to get done, I just wanted to say that about him. Real quick on the subject of Chris Hyatt, he and I didn't have the greatest history in the world, but I mean, it was there. I had apologized. I don't know if he ever saw it. If not, I don't know what to say to that now. Hopefully he had, but be that as it may, he was one of the reasons I wanted to try to kind of be a writer in the first place. It's a lot has been said about what Hyatt said. Jeremy had talked about being the thing about Jeff Hardy actually prompted him to write because it upset him so much. I think what drew me into Hyatt's writing wasn't so much what he said, because there are quite a few people out there trying to, following the Howard Stern shock jock model, I think, as I call it. Hyatt's style, though, was something to me different altogether. To me, it wasn't what he said, it's how he said it. It, like, just his particular style of how he put word to page drew me in and that was led me to think well maybe there's something to this and i don't i know if i know full well i haven't tried to emulate his style i don't see how i could but he was rather entertaining at what he did and it's kind of awful that we've lost not one but two people that one that got us i think to some degree, one that got us all into wanting to try this in the first place and the other that we got to long work alongside of that kept us here. Absolutely. I, I, I remember joking about, not so much joking about, but like, but mentioning a few years back saying that if they were to ever have a 411 Mania Hall of Fame, who would be on that first ballot? And pretty much everyone had said Hyatt and Larry would be, would be on that ballot. And that defi- that's definitely a testament to both of them because they they both really contributed so much uh, to this site. Chad, you had some uh, you had some thoughts. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to sign off here soon. But it was great to get on and see everybody. Some of the guys I, I have talked to in the past, obviously, and still do talk to. Um, other guys I've never talked to before, really, back when I was at 411. So it was a lot of fun. And I just want to say that again that it, it is going to be sad to see that Larry's columns are not there anymore because. Uh, I would go to, I still go to the site for, for a handful of, but I would always go to look at his ratings and what he thought about different stuff, independent stuff, even 
oddly enough, that day I had thought about emailing him about the Ring of Honor app because I was thinking about checking that out. And I was like, well, if anybody knows about this, it would be Larry. And then, of course, we got that awful news. But not to take away from any of the memories about Chris or Larry, but I know we alluded to uh, bad emails that we had received earlier. And I just want to throw mine in there (laughs) before I sign off. I've gotten, I got quite a few. Obviously, when the comment section was added, I, I got a bunch of those. And they never really bothered me that much. But one of the emails that I got before those comments sections were added was, uh, I think I reviewed the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds and somebody, it was the one sentence thing and it was not, nothing was spelled correctly. It was basically, you know, like a fuck off and die. This is great comedy or something like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I had gotten quite a few over the years. They were always pretty funny and it was a fun time. It was good to talk to everybody and I hope everybody is doing well in the midst of uh, all that is going on in the world and I hope everybody can take care. Yeah, you, you too, Chad. Thanks very much for being Thanks. here. Ron, Jed, I, you, guys, uh, you guys both were in the wrestling zone and everything, so you guys were much more working with, uh, with Larry a lot more than, than some of us. What, are your, what, what, th- what uh, thoughts do you guys have about everything? Well, I didn't cross paths with Larry for very long, only a few months, but what I could say about him, it's two things. One is that the fact that this man who for all intents and purposes, ran 411. I mean, he did damn near everything possible in the wrestling site, like everyone has said, and somehow still found the time to go to, for, he was a family man. I can't tell you how many times I saw him on Twitter saying, I just roasted a brisket on, on my smoker. And I would look at that and go, how the fuck do you find the time to do that, man? You watch like 30 pay-per-views a day. <laughs> how do you do anything? <laughs> But he did. He managed it all. He had a wife and kids, and he ran that website, and he earned the respect of people, not only writers on 411 and other websites, but like Ben like said, people in the industry, wrestlers and, and other journalists. And he earned that through hard work, through busting his ass and being credible. And when he asked me, or asked Forcina to ask me to step in and take over Ask 411, that was just, that was a lot of the, the flattery of that. Like, I'd, I've never thought very highly of my writing. I'm my own worst critic. And I'd never written anything that was non-fit or that was op-ed non-fiction before. So the fact that he went, yeah, him, he's a good writer. See if he wants the position. It was just the hugest pat on the back. And one of the best compliments that I've gotten for writing. So I, I still care. I still think about that. And, and it means a lot to me. As for Hyatt, Hyatt was the guy that got me over to 411. I, like, like a couple of people have mentioned, I read him up back on Scoops, Al Isaac Represent. Followed him over to 411 back when it was like black and orange. Black and green. Black and oh, green. Yeah. That <laughs> was my days, color. black and green, yes. All I know is that color scheme was god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> like staring into the sun <laughs> but I, but i followed him over and and like it's been said from other people it it was the way he wrote it wasn't that he was provocative or edgy it was just <clears throat> how he was and i didn't want to be him but i certainly wanted to earn that kind of reputation of even though he was repu- even though he was edgy and even though he was had kind of a I don't want to say a bad reputation but he made enemies but he was known and I wanted to I aspired to at least 
earn that level of respect amongst peers. So it his both both guys are a loss. Both guys are a tremendous loss, irreplaceable. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. On a lighter note, like what what are your what are a couple of your favorite emails from readers? Oh, so part of my old column was that I invited people to send in ideas for future columns because it was just too hard to try and think of all, you know, wrestling has just got too much history for one person to be able to remember it all. So people sent in all sorts of ideas of what if this, what if that. And the worst email that I ever got was someone sent in the idea, what if Trish Stratus joined the Four Horsemen? And I had to write that guy and go, look, I can't, even in fantasy booking, I can't break the space-time continuum. <laughs> These things didn't happen simultaneously. Never mind the fact that not in the same company, there's years between these two careers that just, yeah. That yeah. was, that was been a great leader at two years old. The, to this day, I mean, that was like 15 years ago, and I still remember that email. I think like a, I think a two year old Trish Stratus would be better in the Four Horsemen than Mongo though. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch! Damn. Oh, can I say something to Jed real fast? Mongo, if you're listening, <laughs> can I say something? Yeah, to absolutely. absolutely. I'm gonna say this. This this is I might have it wrong, but I think my favorite column of yours is probably been in two. It's been a couple years is when you came back and someone asked you, how in the world did Hacksaw Jim Duggan get over? And to me, the question was like so out there, but the way you explained, like the way you answered it was so well done. And I was cracking up. I still kind of remember your answer today. I think it was like one of the first columns back when you kind of took back over. And if I'm wrong, correct me, but I, that's always stood up to me. And I was always like, man, that was like a great answer to a question that was like, who asked like, how in the world did Axel Jim Duggan get over? I, I don't remember the answer, but I do remember the question. And I remember the person who asked that question. They had a metric shit ton of questions that were of that vein. <laughs> like when Forcina gave me his master list of questions, that, that, that guy had probably 15 to 20% of the list. <laughs> and they were all like that. And I'm like, uh. The, all of these are so arbitrary and pointless, and I'm going to have to answer them. Yeah, bravo. bravo. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so <laughs> just, just to throw it out there, who, anyone else care to say a few words about Larry, about Chris? Anyone feel free to raise your hand or anything I'll call You know, on? I was done. I had mentioned that I had started reading forward one because of Chris Hyatt, and when he was at Scoops, I would not miss – I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, his Monday Night Raws was a running recap during the show. So I just keep hitting re refresh on the screen, just reading everything he wrote about Raw. Or, as, or actually, it was more about Nitro. It was Nitro. As I was watching it, I would be reading what he's writing. And I got to the point in recent years where every time I finished watching Dynamite and I finished watching NXT, I would go to the website and read what Larry wrote about it. I would go to the website and I would see what he thought about it. Even I just watch it. I know what happened. So I'm not going there to see what happened. I'm going there to see what Larry wrote about it. And it kind of hit me. It's like the, the he, he passed 
and I posted about it and it was, it was rough. The next night I went to 411 to see what Larry had written. And then I was like, Oh yeah. And that's kind of when it hit me is the fact that I was so used to, to every week, every show go in, see what Larry said, mm -hmm. see what Larry wrote that even after he passed, I was, it was such a habit for me that I still went to the site and then I was like, Oh, and that's kind of the, the, the effect that I had. The, it, even after the original morning, the fact that I was like, Oh yeah, this is something that was just a part of my life now going to the website to see what he said. And I mean, that's a testament to his writing. Yeah. The fact that for years, I'd watch Raw, and then I'd go see what Larry said about it. Tony would be recapping it. I'd read his, but then I'd want to see what Larry said. And it's just because it's, it's his writing. It was just incredible. And it's just that's something that, that, that hit me, like I said, when I went there and realized I'm never going to see one of these, read one of these articles again by him. So it's, uh, it's a testament yeah. to his writing and his talent as not just a writer, but just t telling a story through his writing, through his views of, of, of what he saw and his, like someone had mentioned earlier, his intense knowledge of wrestling. He knew what he was talking about and that, that made it him can't miss every week read. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just yeah. want to read this. I want to read this real quick. This was from the uh, 411 Mania writer's room. This is from one of our, one of our other fellow author, fellow writers, a uh, Michael Uphoff who said, I did want to say that Larry's demand for hard work and work ethic when I wrote for 411 covering SmackDown forced me to become a better writer and think more critically. As a fan, I might not have always agreed with his reviews, but I respected his opinions because I knew he respected the business above all else. It didn't matter the organization. You could see that he put his heart and soul into each of his articles and reviews. Larry was a family man who always seemed to have time for everything, even when there seemed to be not enough time in the day. I think that if we can be as good a father as Larry was to his children and a leader, an example like he was, he will always be remembered. Couldn't agree more, Michael. Mm. Um, and yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I'll, I'll, I'll say something because I'm going I'll, yes, to, I'll probably dip out after this. I'll talk, I'll speak, I'll speak to Larry in just a second, but I also just want to throw a quick shout out. Um, we we're talking about 401 Hall of Famers and I oh, want yeah. to throw a quick shout out to someone who wasn't able to make it in here today. And I don't want it to, I, I feel like we should definitely bring up Brian Christopher. Yes. Yes. So Brian Kostopowicz, I wanted, I, I forgot to bring this up earlier. I wanted to, I wish he was in here because I really wanted to personally thank him because Sean, you probably experienced this too. One of the frustrating things about the, uh, the top five was always how many people would contribute every week. Mm. And sometimes you get a lot of people and sometimes nobody. And in the entire six years I did it, I believe Brian Kostopowicz is the one writer who never missed one of those for me. Every single week. Every week. It was sometimes, yeah. some weeks it was just me and him, but he always came in. He, he's still one of the big reasons I still keep coming to 401 every day for me because I check the movie department a little bit more than wrestling since, like I said, that comes in waves for me. But I, yeah, so Brian, I just wanted to give him a shout out since I know he couldn't make it. Absolutely. You can, you can write a book, you can put a book together based on the amount of email, the kinds of emails that he's gotten and his comments. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I know. insane. I mean, and that, that makes sense because Brian is kind of insane, right? And that's the best thing about him. Like, I, I, I loved seeing his responses to my top fives because. Brian, I love Brian, but he's just got his opinions on things are so not mine sometimes, and they're just so great, but, he, but they're always so well-reasoned from the way he writes it, right? Absolutely. It's so yeah, exciting yeah. to read his stuff, yeah. So I, I pretty much only worked in the movies department, so I, I never actually, I'm sad to say I never had any interactions with Larry, but like everyone else here, as a wrestling fan, I was always reading his stuff, and as I said, I've since kind of fallen out, but the way I've always stayed kind of keeping my toe in the water is looking at, at Larry's columns and reading his reviews. 
And whenever I'm like, oh, what's, I hear something that's kind of viral about wrestling. And I'm like, well, I guess the way I'll find out about it is I'll go read that. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that that loss is huge. And I mean, when I was really into wrestling, I remember to speak to like the strength of his columns and everything was, he was was so passionate about it. And you could tell you knew so much about it. I would sometimes like think that I really liked a match and I'd go see him talk about why it wasn't good. And I'd be like, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> it would like change your opinion <laughs> or like, or vice versa, right? It seemed like talk you into liking something you didn't like before. And it's like, that, that speaks to something because it's not like I'm the most easily swayed person, but he just was so knowledgeable about it. And that passion came across so much that it would make me like kind of reconsider my opinions on some of those things. And then before I do head out for the, for the email story, I was pretty lucky that I didn't get too many crazy emails. I, it was pretty cool when I was doing the Zombiethon. I would actually have, because I was doing a lot of like indie zombie movies that I was just getting from Netflix by mail. That's how old-fashioned that was. But uh, a lot of the actual like directors of the films would like kind of get in touch with me and either thank me or a couple times tell me why I was wrong about how the movies that weren't that good. But the one I always remember is I did a top five that was top five sequels we wish had happened. And one of mine was Demolition Man 2, because that's my favorite Stallone movie. And then I had this That also needed a prequel too. (laughs) Yeah, I had this like fan of Demolition Man and reader of the site email me who was so excited that I picked that because he then wanted me to partner with him to create an entire Demolition Man expanded universe. He was like, come on, dude, you want this too. Like, let's do it, man. We can like create like books. We'll make like a role-playing game. He had this like whole business model in mind. I was like, we don't have the rights. I don't know who you're talking about, dude. He was just like, so like dead set on having this happen. I was like, believe me, I would love to like, if, if Stallone wants to do this, fine. But you, once you get that, come back to me and then we'll talk about it. But that's one that always sticks out in my mind. But, but yeah, thanks, George. Oh, yeah. Thanks for organizing this. This was awesome. And it was good to like put uh, faces to names and just to speak to some of you. And uh, if we ever do this again, I'll, I'll be there, man. Absolutely, Trevor. Yeah, you're on. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here, man. Another another shout out regarding uh, regarding guys who, who aren't currently aren't with us right now, but would hopefully would have been able to join us and hopefully will join us for discussions in the future. But one big name I definitely want to throw out is Scott Rutherford because Scott like had, was mm-hmm. one of the first people, if not the first 411 um, 411 writer to reach out to me when I put out my first column. And he gave such really good constructive criticism on what needs to what what I can do to really make that column my own and the second the second uh, column that I did which was on the movie Ed Wood he had like just a glowing review that just said like that's what it should be keep going with that and so like thank you Scott like for for uh, for giving me that kind of that kind of boost that really uh, meant a lot to me. Uh, ben, Ben, you got, got uh, anything to say like regarding uh, regarding Larry, about Chris, about emails? I'm sure you've gotten you've gotten plenty in your time. Oh yeah, like many of you, I was in the movie zone, so I didn't have chance to interact with uh, Larry as often as I would have liked. But when I did, it was always awesome. Early on, when I was writing for the boss column, he posted something in the comments section, and I ended up emailing him saying, oh, thanks for uh, reading it. And he goes, dude, I, the reason why I watched the show is because of your column. I read your column and you had such passion and the way you wrote it made it sound like something I would be interested in watching and now I watch it every week. And that meant so much to me at that point in time as I was trying to find my confidence in my voice to where at that point, whenever anybody in the comment section said, we we need a different lost column guy. You kind of suck. It'd be like, no, you don't. You don't deserve one. This is who you're getting. So I hope him a lot as far as help with confidence as a writer. 
and that, that's a huge boost to have yeah. your support of your peers and everything especially Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. What, what i really enjoyed about 411 was george and steve and brian and all the guys are so supportive as far as you're a good writer what you're talking about just keep doing it keep putting yeah. it out there that's all that matters and yeah. so that's where we are absolutely absolutely well will did you uh, did you get to interact with uh, with larry all that much because i know you were you're one of the you were one of the first guys to come aboard the movie zone correct yeah, yeah i was a very early might have even been first week or two of the movie zone when the big expansion happened in 2003 Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. 2010 2003 no, no. and you know i yeah i didn't really interact with them all that all that much unfortunately i think a lot of stuff was in passing back in the writers writers room so to speak that we had behind the scenes yeah pulling back the curtain breaking the kayfabe sorry guys sorry guys all we need but, now is a, some like other voice like in the background go oh my god <laughs> <laughs> as any as anyone who's seen the curtain call video can can attest to yeah that was digging but, deep yeah <laughs> that was a good one that yeah. was a good one i so yeah but you know just not having when i was i lived in my i was in my own little little bubble bubble had my one little column that i wrote and so but yeah and mostly i dealt with ashish and then leonard and chad and so on and so forth throughout the general hierarchy and Larry was never never uh, bad to me and in all the times that we crossed paths so to speak virtually and then a little bit on on uh, Hyatt I was never familiar with his work before 411 largely because like I didn't through college in the late 90s I really didn't watch wrestling which I, yeah, essentially, I missed the whole Monday Night Wars. So just picked it up at the tail end and started reading, of all things, WrestleCrap, which then sent me to a link to a Scott Keith article, I think, on Smarks back in the day, which oh, wow. then he left Smarks for 411 Mania, or for one round wrestling. Wrestling, yeah. Yeah, and then also... I think around that same time, or give or take, Hyatt showed up, so I would read him, and think the big three were like Scott, Hyatt, and Eric S. And oh, yeah, Eric S. So, I, remember, I remember Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So read them, and then just never really interacted with much, because I'm largely antisocial and don't like dealing with people. I'm just antisocial and misanthropic, and that's just how I like it. But, but seriously, serious, seriously. No, we've, though, hung, I mean, we've hung out a few know. times. Yeah, no, I know. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm it, actually more than anything else, I'm just lazy. But so I just, throughout the years, just, I was more of a fan than anything else of, of Larry. And that's about it. And oh, I, emails, emails. Yes, I yeah, your emails. There was yes. a, there was a second. <laughs> This. For some reason, I really didn't get a lot of weird emails. I think mainly because most of my columns fell into that TLDR bin. 
especially especially <laughs> as I got as time went on I was just like yeah I need to, I totally need to have 10 pages of notes on an hour and a half movie I need that sure <laughs> for the uninitiated Every, for for the uninitiated TLDR is too long didn't read so <laughs> that was so, almost all of my last columns yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so probably the most interesting one was after I did the movie Forbidden Zone, which is a very odd, I think, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s cult movie. Is that the Oingo Boingo um, one? That is exactly yeah. the Oingo Boingo yeah. one. And I got a email from uh, Richard Elfman, who was one of the, who I believe was the director and one of the writers and one of the members of the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Nice. probably know his brother is Danny Elfman mm -hmm. and so it was just an interesting little email that he sent me saying hey read, read the column and here's some things you might not know and just just perfectly diplomatic and whether he liked it or not he didn't even really indicate but I just thought whoa okay so that's pretty cool but like I never got wacky emails comments here and there mostly things that I messed up grammar wise or spelling wise here and there but like I said probably by the time you got to the end of my columns that you were so exhausted you didn't feel like writing anything which I can understand <laughs> I, had, I had a few I had a few really good uh, really good emails because I didn't like during the time there it, the the emails were a little they were a little critical at the beginning but then um, just kind of like settled in and those the critical ones really kind of, you know, slowed down. But I got a decent amount of comments like th throughout, not all that much, but a few really stuck out to me. Tony Randall, the director of Hellbound Hellraiser 2, reached out to me and thanked me for, for saying that he was glad that I liked his movie. Jeff East, the guy, um, actor who played young Clark Kent in the original Superman, thanked me for giving him, uh, giving him some credit. Near the, uh, near the end of uh, Scene Anatomy 101, I got to, I covered the verbs and I mentioned Joe Dante's full name, but I mentioned it using the information that I had from Wikipedia and also mentioned that it was my, that it was my wife's birthday and it's one of her favorite movies. That's why I wanted to do it. And Joe Dante writes back and he not only says happy birthday to, to Cheryl, which was awesome. But then he goes, then he, then he asks, by the way, where did you get my, the middle name? Because this is my actual middle name. That was a really cool way to kind of wrap up my, my time with Sea Anatomy. Ron, any, any thoughts? I, I honestly did not have, I don't think I had any interaction with Chris. It wasn't that we didn't like each other. We just never really had any reason to cross paths at all. So I have no memories or any stories about Chris at all. Larry, I can tell you that, again, I'd been on there like four or five years when he came on as the, I think he was the impact reviewer at first in 2004. And he, he and I found out just kind of weird connection that we grew up about 30 miles from each other. Now I was like 10 years older, but I grew up in Northern Panhandle, West Virginia, and he grew up Southwestern Pennsylvania. So like I said, about 25, 30 miles. And I moved to Columbus, for for a while and came to visit my parents a couple of weeks before Christmas. I think it was 2006. And uh, my dad said, hey, they just opened an Ikea near Pittsburgh. We got to go. So we went. And then I found out like a week later that Larry had vis was visiting his parents from North Carolina. And they went to the same Ikea about two hours later. 
that was the closest we came to meeting. But yeah, it was just really weird. As far as emails, I had two talk about. One, I, I used to write a thing called Explain That, where I would just say something weird had happened, like a Steve Austin on his vest has the letters BMF. What does that stand for? And I believe, I believe it was Mr. Matthews Forcina who wrote and said, be my friend. Now this was before he got on 411. <laughs> so yes, I discovered Sforcina and I apologize for that. The other, the other email I'll tell you about is that when I did the just, so, just suppose, the, the what if column, I wrote a column about what if Magnum TA didn't crash. Mm. And uh, yeah, and like four days later, I got an email saying, thank you very much. Terry and I really appreciated it. It was from Magnum TA's wife. And wow. like, really? <laughs> wow. That's so awesome. yeah, that was, yeah. So yeah, I mean, everybody else is talking about how they, they've got emails from, from famous people. And that's the only one I ever got. And that's the only one I'll, that's, that's, the, that's the one I'll never forget. Absolutely. That's a good Absolutely. one. Yeah, we're so we're we're coming to uh, we're coming to the end uh, the end of this. I could talk with you guys like all night, but at the same time, I do have I do have other responsibilities I, I, that must be tended to. So I want to just throw out like if anyone has any final words, by all means, please chime in. I'll do. I'll go real fast then. The only thing you re I mean, I of course Chris Hyatt. I think my favorite moment for him was when he got um, tricked by a fake Sonny, thinking he was really talking. <laughs> I remember that. But remember. even his reaction getting tricked he was kind of like okay you got me you got me and then i think my first real i first got uh, uh, something back from larry i was doing a thing in my column where i put two models against each other and people would vote who was the hottest like really groundbreaking journalism there and oh, so yeah. i guess there was one model sending cease and desist and i thought it was just fake i was just like oh, i was just some guy playing a trick on me and sheesh i had to send out something that said hey man this model's lawyers keep sending the cease and desist to to me. You got to like lay off that. And he was he was he was good about it. But after he sent that, about five minutes later, later Larry sent the little Nelson like ha ha uh, uh, email. Because <laughs> 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 I thought I was in trouble. I was like, oh man, I really. Like, oh, and that was just that was just I was that was great. My first exposure to Larry and. Uh, that was great. And yeah, he'll be missed. He really will. I mean, just like uh, Sean said, Sean said it perfect is you get used to that, that thing every time, that routine of checking out what Larry thought or reading about it. He brought an integrity to it. He brought an honor to uh, wrestling writing. And that's hard to find these days, finding the right writer who can, who can do that. And then um, very quickly, as far as emails, I can't even pick one because I've had so many like funny ones over the years except there was one one time I wrote something about Kevin Smith it wasn't even a bad column it was just like saying like oh is he overrated even though in the column I said no he's not he's great but this guy created a fake Kevin Smith account and wrote me a long email saying like this is Kevin Smith I work so hard for my fans and I'm just like dude you know it's if you read the column you were seeing that I'm a, a fan of yours if this is the real Kevin Smith and, uh, and then it was just he wrote me back and then by that time I was like let's stop feeding into this but that's just one of those things I I, I love about Full Mania because you just never know. But I respect, I mean, just everyone here today, just so much respect for everybody here, their writing and their personalities. And even if I get to see a little bit of you on uh, social media, I mean, I love it. I mean, you, all of you do great things. And I really appreciate that, even whatever relationship or friendship we have. So and it's all, Larry played a big part of that as far as, you know, keep, bringing us and keeping us here. In Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think Steve, I, I think you pretty much, uh, pretty much nailed it right there. So yeah, this, this site during the time that I, that I wrote for 411 Mania 2004 through 2012, it's very, very important to me. I would not be half the writer I was if it weren't for this site. I wouldn't be half the writer um, that I am if it weren't for guys like Larry, guys like Ashish for bringing me on, guys like like Hyatt for one of the guys that I would read during the during the time when it was 411 Wrestling. And, and like everyone here, everyone who who's played a part in here, everyone who has been a part of the site, past and present, the site means the world to me. You guys, all of you who are still here, everyone who's already signed off, you guys mean the world to me. And the whole, the whole, alum, the whole alumni really. Like uh, there's really so much, so much there, and so much respect there for everyone. Like everyone really got along. Everyone rooted for each other. Everyone still does. And it's uh, it's just a feeling that uh, will always be. It's kind of like what uh, Mark Messier said after the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. We'll walk together for the rest of our lives. And that's really what we all will do. And we're going to be walking alongside Chris Hyatt. We're going to be walking alongside Larry Zonka. Thank you guys so much for your contributions to the site. Thank you so much for everything you, you were, everything that you continue on to be with your legacies. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being a part of this very special uh, season two premiere of Excelsior Journeys. And thank you so much to all the listeners for taking the time to listen to some really fun stories, have some laughs with us, and share some really raw feelings, no pun intended. This, uh, like I said, this site means a lot to me and everyone in it does as well. And so do you for taking the time to listen. So this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. And I will see you next week.